Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. This is Richard Gearhart. And Elizabeth Gearhart. Welcome to Passage to Profit on WOR 710, the voice of New York. At Passage to Profit, we're all about the creativity, energy, and excitement that comes from starting your own business. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. You know, we do sometimes talk about marketing on this show. and we Like have, all the time. Like all the time. <laughs> well, it is very important. And That's because you do marketing, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. But our it's guests, not a coincidence. <laughs> our guests keep coming back to it, like different shows, even if they're not a marketing company. Everybody seems to come back to the marketing and how it helped them grow their company. And it really is one expense that a company can't do without. Yep, absolutely. When I interviewed Dave Van Eggman from FanDuel at the New Jersey Technical Conference Venture Summit, he said one of the reasons they grew so fast was that they blew out their marketing. He mentioned four or five different platforms that they used. So what is marketing exactly? Well, I never really knew when I was younger. I worked in the chemical business, and I was like, what do they need marketing for? They need the research that we're doing. But I had a friend who was in marketing, and she was doing a sidewalk sale for a strip mall. And I'm like, that's marketing, really? And what I've realized since then is that marketing is just getting your name out there and getting known so leads will come into you and sales can close them. Yeah, and preferably that's going to happen in a good way, right? Not getting arrested or falling into a <laughs> lake or something. So with so much media out there these days, you never know what's going to go viral. And going viral, but in a good way, is what we all want for our businesses. It's really hard to stand out from all the noise out there, and you really have to be innovative to be seen. Fortunately for you, our guest this evening is Andy Randazzo, who knows all about marketing innovation and can advise our listeners on the do's and don'ts about marketing. Welcome, Andy. Thanks for having me, guys. Great. So tell us about what you do. Marketing pretty much sums it up. Marketing is what we do. And uh, I know that uh, Elizabeth said that it's an expense. A lot of times we look at it um, as uh, more of an investment than it really is an expense because it's it's one of those things that you have in business that actually uh, makes you money rather than an expense that it just kind of goes away. So it's really an investment in your business. So the hard part, and I've seen other people struggling with this as I've done research on it, is really figuring out the return on your marketing, the ROI, because people will come and say to us, oh, I saw you on the internet. It's like, well, which platform? And they don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to quantify all the different kinds of media and, and what makes sense. And, and what is that ROI? Because somebody may look at like a Google ad and then they call you up on the phone. But it may not be a phone number that is in that Google ad. Maybe it's maybe it's something else that they saw somewhere else. So it's hard to really quantify any kind of media um, and, and that's why, you know, depending on the business, you know, we, we always ask the questions, why? You know, why do you need this or why do you need that? So we put our clients in where they should be, in where they need to be. And we don't just suggest all of it, but a good mix of a good amount of it is a healthy marketing campaign. As you know, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs, and while we always recommend that they hire a professional, maybe if they're just getting started out, they need to know a few things about marketing. What kind of advice could you give them? First bit of advice I could say is understand your why. What separates us from just about a lot of you know marketing agencies, and I do the air quotes, I'm doing it on radio. Right. Doing <laughs> for our listeners at home, he's doing air quotes. <laughs> so the difference between us and I think a lot of other people, people tend to just sell people things, sell people. I'm going to sell you digital because I'm a digital agency. I'm going to sell you an ad because I'm an advertising agency. Uh, I'm going to sell you social because I'm a social agency. We, we have to ask why before we can understand what we need to do and where we need to go with them. So when you say why, what do you mean by why? So the first thing is, why are you doing what you're doing? You know, are you passionate about it? Do you love it? Do you, do, do you, do you have, you know, that passion for your business? So why are you doing it? Uh, and then that, that goes into, you know, the campaign or the strategy that we build around that. Because the biggest question of, you know, business that you want to do business with is why they're doing what they're doing. You know, is it important for the people that are going to be buying your product and or service? So once they know their why and who they're trying to get, then what's the next step? If you go to our website, hitstate.com, um, you can see we kind of go through the parameters of it, right? So we, we define in a simple definition, actually it looks like a definition from a, from a dictionary, what really is marketing. Once you understand your why, then you understand what marketing is, which is simply just promoting your product or getting your product and or service to your customers. Then it is 
uh, strategy. So who are your customers that would like what you do or, or what you have to offer? Then from the strategy, then it's coming up with the right brand message, the right way to talk to them, and the right creative that goes around that. Then from that, then it goes into the vehicles. We call them vehicles because I don't care how you're getting to the moon. We need the right vehicle. Or, or better yet, let's because you can't take a bike to the moon. So, so, <laughs> so let's just say, let's say California, you need the right vehicle to get to California. Because if, if you need to get to California in, let's say, three hours from now or five hours from now, you're going to need to take a private jet probably. But if you have a month, you may want to drive. Right. So depending on the budget and depending on how you need to get there is the different vehicle that we would choose. That's a very interesting way of looking at it. So if I can just share for a moment, Gerhardt Laws, why? So I used to work for a big company and uh, I got a lot of great training there. But after a while, it just, you know, drove me nuts. And I really wanted to be my own person. I wanted to work with the people that I wanted to work with. And so we started Gerhardt Law and my why was helping people escape from their corporate environment. And that became a very important part of our message. And it's something that we bring up to our clients lots of times because they're feeling the same. They're fine with what they're doing, but they're looking for something better. And they're looking to start their own business. And we like to help people to do that. And that's a very important part of our mission. And, and you know what? It, it's similar to mine. I love helping people. You know, I love helping people see the full potential, not only in themselves, but in their business. It's a funny story with me and my kids. We constantly go into restaurants or we go into facilities or we go out to the movies or, or we go somewhere. And I'm always, my, my kids have to stop me. They say, Dad, please don't go in there and talk to these people about their business. Please, <laughs> do, please, please don't hand out your business card. And, please and don't guess, do it. And, please and, don't do it. And TV commercials are like the favorite part of the whole thing, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Who are they pitching? Yeah, who are they pitching? So I go in there and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to do it this time. But sure enough, next thing I know, how many people do you have in here right now? You know, how many, how many see, you know, in the, in the restaurant, how many people can you see? Oh, about 50 people. Well, I only see 10 people and it's Thursday night. It's why are there not more people in here? The food's great. The atmosphere is great. So I always go into and my, my kids sit there start rolling my their eyes. You know, my daughter's <laughs> my daughter's 16 and my son's 14. So they're already embarrassed. Thing. They're already embarrassed <laughs> by me. So I just go on and on and be like, so what kind of food do you serve? When do you serve it? When do you open? And I go through all the little minutiae because I'm just so passionate about people's businesses and how they could be doing better and how they could fill those rooms with more people because they have a great product or they have a great service. So like you guys, I just have a real passion for helping people with their businesses. So one thing we've struggled with, and we've always done it the way every marketing expert would tell us not to, <laughs> is how wide an audience do we try to appeal to? So we have people that are just starting out. This is their first business they've ever wanted to try. To people who have $6 billion companies and we go across different technology areas, software, biotech, chemistry, consumer products. And we've, we've always kind of tried to capture all of those markets, which I know we're not really supposed to do. But as an entrepreneur starting out, you feel like you can't afford to leave somebody out. Yes and no. I, I mean, I say more on the no. You know, I think you want to leave people out <laughs> because you want to be very specific into who you're targeting. Just this morning, I was with my girlfriend at her um, her sister's facility right here in Manhattan, and they have a, a WeWork situation, but for uh, people that are in the beauty and cosmetic industry. So picture WeWork, and it's not just accountants and lawyers in this space. It's really specific to uh, that industry, which is beauty and cosmetics. And they have about 40 different offices and 40 different businesses in this one location. So they got really specific as to who they're targeting. So I think when you get really specific, I think people really love that. Our special guest tonight is Andy Randazzo. You're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhart. We'll be right back after this message. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us 
us at GearHeartLaw.com. At GearHeartLaw, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at GearHeartLaw, www.GearHeartLaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We'll continue our discussion with Andy, and then we'll have three entrepreneurs pitching their businesses this evening. They'll have two minutes to pitch and six minutes to answer questions from Andy, Elizabeth, and myself. And don't worry, we've discussed the intellectual property situation with each of our pitchers before allowing them to pitch. We don't want them to spill the beans too soon and allow someone else to scoop up their idea. And I can guarantee these are great pitches, so you really should stay and listen to all three. And after that, you, our listeners, can go to the Passage to Profit page at GearHeartLaw.com and vote for your favorite one. Listen to all three and put your two cents in on the website. That's GearHeartLaw, G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. The voting's open for a week, but everyone only gets to vote once. Get everybody you know to vote. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can remember our name, the name of the show, by imagining you're walking down a passage with a huge pot of gold at the end. And may your passage be short and your profit be huge. Our special guest tonight is Andy Randazzo. Andy, how did you pick the name for your company? The name Hit State. It's actually a funny story. So it's an old web term. Uh, it, it really goes around uh, Flash. And it, and it's funny because everybody right now, right now out there, they're using a hit state probably at least once an hour or, or once every five minutes, sometimes like every second. How is that possible? What a hit state is, if you look at hitstate.com, you go to our website and it's defined there. So a hit state is a place, an area on your phone or on the screen or on your laptop, a place where a button has an action. So anywhere off of the page and you click and nothing happens, then nothing is happening there. But if there is a button, an area which you can click, that's a hit state, a place where you hit. And, I never and, knew that. And, takes, and that's yeah. a, that sounds like a very highly technical term, hit it, state. It, it is a little bit of a technical but it's term. But it's, it's, it's a great name for a marketing business, it's a right? Great because name, yeah, you want to be hitting the target. You're hitting the target. You're hitting it. And it's like the state of marketing. You're hitting the target. And that's exactly where we got it from. So we, we like the name hit state that because nobody really knew about it. And nobody understood really what it would be. So it's kind of like under the rug, for, for lack of a better word. But then it actually meant something. That's fantastic. I mean, one of the great things about marketing or one of the fun things is coming up with hooks where what you say creates a hook, an emotional reaction for the prospective purchaser, which is what HitState does, right? So that's very cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we always try to tie in what we're saying and what we're doing for a client and we tie it into something that's relatable to them. So, so for instance, if we're doing a trade show for somebody, we're not just going to say hand out a pen, right? Ugh. Every time people just say, oh, we're handing out pens. And we do pads. that. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to throw out all the pens. If you guys are doing intellectual property, maybe it's something that's geared around that. And maybe it's something that is around gear, right? Well, so something that you cool. hand out that relates to that. We could hand out free patents. Right? <laughs> I don't think so. Go <laughs> broke pretty fast doing that. Exactly. So so for my, my girlfriend, for instance, being that she's a writer, I would say hand out pens, right? But don't just hand out any kind of pen. There's a certain kind of pen that you want to hand out that is related to your brand and her brand is more about like glitter and things like that that's awesome do you have other tips yeah i've got tons of tips well, let's um, hear them so <laughs> i mean i could go on and on with tips and it, you, you know a lot of these tips they're related to industry so we don't just delve out tips right so we we want to understand who you are what you do and how it's related to your business right so a good tip is is what we were saying in the beginning is really understand your why right really understand your why then go into your messaging and, and what your strategy is and who you're talking to. If you go to our website, hitstate.com, it'll just walk you through the different things that you need to kind of start with. Start with your why, then go into strategy, then your message and what your brand should look like and feel like for your customers. Then go into, okay, is it going to be a postcard? Is it going to be a, a TV commercial? Is it going to be video? Is it going to be digital, social? What about direct mail? You know, I mean, and print, you don't want to forget about those things because in your particular industry, 
or with your particular customers, they may want to see a piece of direct mail. They want, may want to see an ad in a trade publication rather than something that's digital. And the funny thing is that direct mail is doing really, really well these days because people are tired of seeing stuff in their inbox. Direct mail is doing better probably than a lot of like um, digital and social campaigns. That's really interesting. I mean, it is really tempting to focus and rely on social and email marketing just because of the cost. It's just, it's really not that expensive. And everybody sort of fantasizes that they're going to get this big reach and they're not going to have to pay too much to get there, right? So all of the other traditional avenues for marketing tend to be kind of secondary because there's so much going on with social. Yes and no, because I have to say, so what are those results? And the great thing about digital is that you can track it. You can track every little click to a phone call, to a promotional, to a code. You can you can track all those things. But the funny thing is, is that it, it's, it's so saturated. And I'm not saying don't do digital. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that people dismiss everything else because it's all in on digital. It's like going to the roulette table and putting your 1,000 chips on uh, 21, you know? <laughs> it's like diversify. Put some of it around here. You know, put some of it in, in digital and social, but then also put it in print and direct mail. And then what about events? That's the best way to get in touch with your customers. And email. People forget about email. Email beats any ad campaign out there, hands down. Email is like the leader. If you have a good email list, it's the leader in getting the best results. Wow, that's really interesting. I had read that years ago in a book that if you're going to do anything, the first thing you need to do is build your email list. But that's kind of dangerous now. I mean, you have to get people's permission, right? You have to ask them, can I send you my newsletter or whatever. And buying email lists was hot for a while now it's a big no-no right yeah yeah you, yeah you, you want to cultivate your list you want to have it be organic you want to have people sign up to your list because you have good content you know i know i get emails from from certain places and and, and i know i want to see those like whether it's ad week and seeing uh you know the Cannes film festival and, and and a lot of different places because i like seeing that i like going through those those emails um, but yeah, you definitely don't want you can you can buy lists because you know you're in. If you want to get started, it's okay to start with a bought list. But probably most of the time that we see, half of that list drops out because they're like, whoa, whoa, we don't know who you are, and and that's what that's what happens when you buy lists. So half of it drops out immediately. Maybe you'll be able to keep 15, 20 percent of that over the campaign or over the course of a year. But then you start cultivating it from that. So what's a good open rate for an email campaign? I guess it depends on yeah, it everything. Depends. Yeah, I mean, so so an average can be like 2 3%, and that's good. That's actually good. You know, so it could go as low as like zero, obviously. And it, and it could go as— That would as, be tragic if nobody <laughs> opens your email. Hey, it happens. And it, and it could go as good as, you know, like 90% if you're giving away $1,000. Right, no, no exactly. That sure. gets, your, you, gets you get their a pretty attention good open pretty quick. rate. But, uh, yeah, it depends on— the value that you're adding to your list of subscribers. Can you give us like the top three things an entrepreneur on a low budget should do in order to make their marketing effective? Again, I, I do have to go back to why you're doing what you're doing and who you're doing it for. So understand your why and look at the perspective of your customer. What do they want to hear from you? What do they want to see from you? And then, you know, if it comes down to cost, yes, you, you can do your digital and social. You could do it online. Then you start becoming a marketer. So now you're spending a couple hours a week, you know, learning how to do Facebook and doing the posts and actually posting it and having the right message, building your account, making sure you have the right followers. And now that's five, six, seven hours a week. And, and how effective are you going to be as opposed to hiring a professional to do it? Again, I see a lot of business owners that just constantly struggle with spending time and wasted money and effort on do-it-yourself campaigns where it just doesn't yield the results that they really want to get. That's great advice. We're here with Andy Randazzo from Hit State. And you're listening to Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt on Passage to Profit. We'll be right back after this. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a 
new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Now for the pitches. Remember, at the end of the program, go to the Passage to Profit page on the Gearhart Law website where you can vote for the pitch you like best. And all the way from Staten Island, <laughs> <laughs> our first pitcher is Jeannie Asante. You have two minutes. Go. So hi, everyone. My name is Jeannie Asante, and I am from Staten Island, New York. I'm excited to be here in this radio station, and I heart with the Gearharts, and I'm thrilled because my my business is turning expenses into income and anyone out there who has expenses let me know come see my website at www.idreamofgenie all lowercase at acnibo.com so what do i do what do i do is i take a look at what you're spending your money on i take a look on how to take care of your telecommunication your essential services and your energy i take a look and see how you're paying for it i take a look and see if we can turn that into an income for you rather than an expense how exciting would it be to make money on the things that you are going to pay for for the rest of your natural days. Very exciting. Very exciting, <laughs> I know. Because no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter what day it is, and no matter how often you get there, you are going to pay for these services every day, every month. Would you not agree? Yes. Absolutely. Where do I sign? Where do you sign? But here's the one thing that's a passion of my heart. It's called identity theft. Think about that. We have to worry about the identity that we have nowadays. We have to worry about our children's identity. Let me give you a little bit of a statistical fact. Did you know that every two minutes there are 10,000 identities that are being stolen. No, did wow. not know that. I did not know that. That's crazy, right? Did you know that people... It's probably happening right now while we're on the radio. Somebody's stealing our identity. I know not me. ours, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you're going to sign up for IDC. Absolutely. <laughs> so the company I'm talking about is IDCL, and we are also with American Communication Network. And what this company is going to do is revolutionize the identity theft. It's going to make sure that absolutely no one can get to you no matter what. What is the most common way that somebody steals your identity? What what information do they get and how do they get it? Well, they can really steal it any which way. I mean, there is nothing that's really safe, especially when you're talking about the black web, when you're talking about uh, Internet, when you're talking about the cell phone. Now, just think about the cell phone real quick. Everyone has a cell phone. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. All right. If you don't have a cell phone, I may not want to talk to you anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we all know that we have a cell phone. Now, how many of us have our banking information on our cell phone? Guilty. I, I know I do. Yeah, guilty. Yeah. Right. I, I, I know you do too. It's hard. <laughs> so, right. So, how many of us have our bank, not only our banking, but our credit card information? Yes, that too. I'm Sometimes. sorry. I shouldn't be saying this. On uh, yeah, <laughs> I should not, right? Is, somebody's going to be looking for my phone. <laughs> <laughs> everything in there. But, but most importantly, when you think about you know identity, what it is is that, have you gone to a Target lately? No. Okay. Have you no. gone to a Marriott? Not recently. Not but recently. you've been compromised if you've ever been there. Yeah, we've been there many we've times. Been yeah. There, yeah. So, you know, and it's not that it's their fault, really. These guys are just that good mm -hmm. that they know mm -hmm. how to infiltrate. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that doesn't happen. But here's the big one. Are you ready for this one? Mm -hmm. Your children, the ones that are just being born, they all automatically get a social security number, do they not? Yep. They definitely get a date of birth. Yep. And they get a name. <laughs> yeah. <Yep>. Right? <laughs> they definitely get a date of birth. They definitely get a date of birth. But Sometimes what... they get called Hey You, but they, they do have a name. Well, you know what? They can steal that too. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, most importantly, here's what happens with that. You have someone who was just born, let's just say right now. When is the first time they're going to look at their credit report? Oh, I, probably in their 20s, right? Yeah. In their 20s, I know, right? So they have a good solid 20 years of taking that person's social security number, date of birth, their name, and just doing whatever they want with it until you even think about trying to use it. Wow. Yeah, that stinks. Now, you, 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 know, you know what's funny? I, I had my, my brother and our identity got mixed up, our social security numbers. You know why? Why? Because I'm Andy Rendazzo and my brother's name is 
Randy Randazzo. No. Oh my God. That's not a joke. That's a recipe really for serious. disaster. Your parents right there. I had I had horrible credit for the longest time because of my brother. And isn't isn't that terrible how you had to go and fix through that? And how long did it take you to go through oh that? Oh my god, it took about a year. It yeah. took about a year. It took about a year. How exciting wow. is that? Now they're just gonna tell you one quick story about this young lady that her roommate stole her ID. Really exciting because guess what? She got a knock on the door one day, a couple of years later. Police were there to arrest her because she did something wrong, according to them. Wow. She spent the weekend in jail because the woman took her social security number, her name, and her so ID. So how did that happen? Well, you know, the roommate apparently took the information. She went out and she used it. She did criminal acts. And when they came looking for the person, who do you think they came looking for? The real Jane Smith. Wow. Wow. That, you're scaring me now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to make an awareness of how important it is to make sure that you protect yourself and your children and your grandchildren. So important because I don't think that this is, they're not even hitting the surface yet. Yeah. So how do we protect ourselves? What do we do? So what you can do is you could sign up for ID Seal. And you want to go to I Dream of Genie, all lowercase, at ACN, IBOACN.com. Sign yourself up. You have two different sites, two different ways to sign yourself up. You can do an individual or you could do a family plan where you could put on at least 10 children. Think about that. Somebody having 10 children, right? So, <laughs> it and happens. so what do you do? What do you do when you're there? Well, you, you would look, search through and see what's best for you. Is it best for you to do an individual uh, plan or is it best for you to do a family plan? And when you pick the, which one that you want to do, you want to just go right through the prompts. Really simple to sign up. It's a simple process. Like it takes you... <clears throat> Five minutes. So, so Jeannie, so what is your business? Is it is it identity theft? Is it controlling their expenses? Is it both? It's both. The company has just expanded into identity theft. So you go to the website, you sign up, you click off what kinds of protection that you want. So what do you get? You get alerts, you get monitoring. What happens? You get monitored, alert. There, uh, I have a friend of mine who decided that she wanted to go into it and set herself up, and she set herself up. And unbeknownst to her, two years ago, her name was being used. Her name, her social, now nothing came out of it. She got really lucky, but guess what? It was out there. It was being used. So the information is out there, and what they do is that every time your information is being used on something that you're not normally using, they will give you an alert that will say, hey, what's going on here? Do you want to sanction this? Wow. Well, we've bought different properties. We've moved around a lot, and they do the title search. So there is somebody with a name like mine who defaulted on a loan in New Jersey and it comes up every single time. (laughs) But would that catch the same sort of thing when they do the title search? So I don't know if it catches title searches because that's what title search is about. Right. Catching what's going on with the the mortgages and stuff. Would the title search catch people stealing my identity? No. No. Title search only really has to do about the property from what I understand. I'm not really a title searcher, but this is what I get with what that's about from my personal experience. So then if somebody did steal it, then what do you do? Steal your ID? Yeah. So here's something that I was told by a police officer, and uh, he said to me that when they steal your ID, first thing they do is find out how did it get stolen. So if it got stolen on the web, you know, which is really easy to do because some reason we're just very good at putting our information out on the web. We buy things. We, you know, sign up for things. I mean, this is really crazy what we put out there, right? So when you do that, you go into the police station, you tell them, you know what? My ID has been stolen. I have whatever amount of money missing out of my checking account, my savings account, my my credit cards are all maxed out or I have new credit cards that I never signed up for. I know someone that, you know, they ended up buying a car in that person's name and a house. No. Oh, yes. Wow. Absolutely. Imagine getting the bill for that. <laughs> <laughs> it was not pretty. <laughs> exactly. And your first reaction upset. is some sort of joke, right? Yeah. You so, know, so. so is yours protection and remediation or just the protection part? It takes care of your media. Uh, social media it takes care of your protection of your social security card number, your name, uh, your credit cards, your passport, uh, anything that would have to do with your personal information so that no one can pretend to be you and do anything under your name and under your uh, identity. Okay, great. Well, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of this conversation. I'm going to go change all my passwords on my phone. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to write my... you use your pets, by the way. <laughs> no, just go on my website and sign up, and anytime something happens, we'll be there to help you. That's I'm it. just going to throw my phone in the East River. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's your website again, one more time? My website is I Dream of Genie, all lowercase, dot, A-C-N, I-B-O, dot com. And how do you spell Genie? J-E-A-N-N. I-E. Or you can reach me at 718-873-4242, and I'll be more than glad to walk you through it.
Thank you. This has been awesome. We have two more incredible pitches coming up, guys. You don't want to miss this. You're listening to Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart on WOR 710, the voice of New York. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley's the Inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We're on to our second pitch this evening with Walt Vester. And we met Walt at the New Jersey Technical Council's Venture Conference last week. So, Walt, welcome to the show. Where are you from? Ridgewood, New Jersey. Awesome. You've got two minutes. Go. Thank you. Great to be here. Okay, I'm Walt Vester. I'm the founder of Huygens, the tactical robo-advisor. So like other robo-investment advisors, we're a technology-based money manager. We've got really easy and intuitive user interface available on our website for our customers to sign up. We're different from other robo-advisors in the way that we manage the money. So everything we do is designed to protect against downside risk and to enhance total return that our customers get. Let's first talk about what a robo-advisor is. It really is just a very basic investment manager. It puts you into a portfolio that's matched to your needs, puts you into a portfolio of low-cost ETFs. What's an ETF? An exchange-traded fund. So, like, <laughs> okay. so for instance, like the- Fortunately, you don't work in a profession that has a lot of jargon, right? <laughs> I only know how to spend money, not <laughs> Okay. So uh, stock ETF, like the S&P 500 index ETF, gives you exposure to the U.S. stock market. Okay, and a portfolio from a robo-advisor will give you a bonds ETF, a stock ETF. It'll give you one for the U.S. and for uh, international markets. The theory behind it is that you should just have your money in all of those ETFs, and as they fluctuate in value, rebalance the portfolio, and over time, those asset classes that have fallen will eventually rise again in price. And it's a pretty straightforward business model. The problem with it is that in a stock market sell-off, Really, clients have a really hard time keeping their money invested in that. They get scared and they decide, you know what, I'm taking control over this thing and I'm just moving all my money into bonds or I'm taking my money out of the account. And we really know that in a stock market sell-off, there are no buy and hold investors. People can say they will be, but in a tough situation like that, they aren't. So I was just describing what a basic robo-advisor does and most of the robo-advisors out there are like that. That's called passive. We're different from that in that we are an active robo-advisor. So we've got a set of rules that are mathematically based that identify when the stock market is likely to have a period of volatility or trouble or falling prices. And we reposition our client accounts to protect against that. And then those same rules, they're designed to predict when market volatility is getting better and when stock prices are likely to stop falling and they move the client positioning to more exposure to stocks. That's been my dream for my 401k <laughs> forever. <laughs> so, 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 I, so I have a question. Is this all robo-based? Is it all technology-based? Is there a person sitting behind the robo and checking, double-checking the robo to make sure they're doing? There is absolutely want? a person double-checking, but there is not a person overruling. The whole purpose of what we do is to get human behavior out of the equation. I've been trying to do that for years. It's because <laughs> because study after study has shown that like when people are trying to make decisions about emotions. investing, yep. emotions take control. Yep. And that's what we're trying to do. There are known rules for identifying when volatility is likely to continue. And if you have that as the driver of moving your portfolio, you have much better likelihood of success, much better risk-adjusted returns. But there needs to be a human watching the machine. You do not want to trust a machine 
all by itself without a human checking. I know. I saw Terminator. (laughs) (laughs) Or the Matrix, right? (laughs) That's right. So what are the rules, though, that signal volatility? It's hard to talk about that without getting a little technical. There are insurance products, institutional money managers. So think about people that manage pensions for a living and invest that pension money. They use protection mechanisms called put options to protect against sell-offs. And we can track the price of those put options. When people want an insurance policy on hurricanes and and hurricane insurance starts to get really expensive, you say to yourself, I better check the weather, right? So this is the same kind of thing. If I'm looking at the price of put options, and this, by the way, is a huge market, when the price of put options starts getting driven up a lot, that means that there are a lot of very smart money managers out there all together deciding, huh, there's a risk of a sell-off. And so we're watching trends in the price of those put options, and that's really that's how we drive our system. But it's really not you watching the trends; it's the robo watching. <laughs> yes. it's our, Am I right? Well, it's our algorithm watching the it, algorithm, yes, the and robo. we are watching the algorithm to make right. sure that it's right. So, okay. what is it doing right now with put options? What are they doing right now? So, right now, the price of put options is historically very low, and so that's a signal that uh, the likelihood of stock market volatility is low. And it's interesting, that changed very quickly after December of 2018. You remember how bad stocks sold up in December of 2018? You saw it all over the news? So in that quarter of 2018, our system had said, this is coming. And then on uh, January 7th, our system said, okay, it's over. So So it's like a genie. It tells you (laughs) the future. You have the magic beans. and you. (laughs) So how does this work for your clients then if there's a sell-off that's coming, predicted, are their funds automatically rearranged or they, they did, are. do they get an email saying you better rearrange your funds or so, how does that work? So our rules run each day and when, let's say, a decision is tripped to move to a defensive positioning. So that happens next day at the market open. Our customers know about it. They get a notification about it, but they don't have to do anything. It gets handled for them automatically. We also, by the way, we tweet out our signal. So that's one of the ways that people can follow us. We haven't talked about how people can get a hold of us. But one of the things you can do is follow us on, on Twitter and see see what our signals say. What's your Twitter handle? At Huygens Capital. What is the signal say? Like, what it's it's say? really, it's on off. Uh, think of it as risk on, risk off. You hear that term in the right, news, right. right? So ours is, at, we actually use the word defensive and offensive, right? So when our signal is saying offense, that means you should be exposed to stocks. When we say defense, it means you should be in bonds. And Huygens is not spelled the way it sounds. It's H-U-Y-G-E-N-S. Yes. And we took that name from an Enlightenment-era mathematician who's the father of probability theory. And <laughs> so it was a really simple That's kind term. That's <laughs> kind, kind of a geeky way to pick a name. Mr. Marketing <laughs> Expert, what do you, what think, do you think about I think it was brilliant. <laughs> I, I was really worried you were going to render judgment on it. that. I love but, it. <laughs> I'll tell you something else. So uh, he invented systems for doing things a lot better. He invented the telescope that allowed him to discover the rings of Saturn and discover the largest moon of Saturn. He also invented the pendulum clock, which made about a 10x improvement in telling time. And so we think we've done something similar with the way we invest. So what is your success rate? I mean, how well does this actually work? How well are you doing? So it's a good question. And the way to think about what we do is we're designed to give our clients participation in the rise of markets and protection from the fall. Now, can we protect against 100% of that fall? No. The best way to see how we've done it that is to go to our website. There's a page that shows our results. And the answer is it was quite good in 2018. And over the court, we've been in business and doing this for uh, four and a half years. And you can see, you know, we've got in rising years in the stock market, we've got good returns. And when the trouble happened in Q4 of 2018, we did quite well in protecting against that. So how did you get into creating this technology? Okay, so I'm an engineer by training. And then I I actually worked as an engineer designing algorithms for uh, the military for several years. And then I took a right turn and went into business. I, I ended up in finance for about a decade. And the large institutional money managers where I worked didn't let me invest in stocks because it was likely that they were either invested in the stocks or had inside information. So the only thing I could invest in were these index ETFs. And so then I developed a system based on my algorithm history. I I developed a system for how to maximize my returns using uh, those instruments. So you were actually the one to write the code for this? I wrote all the code. And and it, so there's a really neat widget we have on our website that allows you to uh, design your portfolio yourself, how much passive you want in your portfolio, how much active, and I designed that app as well. So you come to our website, you read about what we do, and then we require you to answer a few questions. It's called our Portfolio Builder app. Answer questions about your situation 
and then tell us what do you want in your portfolio? Do you want passive? Do you want active? Do you want U.S. exposure? Do you want international? And then after you've answered those questions, we can tell you, here's a portfolio that fits your needs. Here's what you should expect for a target return. And here's what you should expect for volatility. I love that, seeing the future before it actually happens. I do, too. So in one sentence, Walt, really, what differentiates you and makes you the best one out there? It really is our uh, active management of our clients' assets designed to protect against downside risk and designed to enhance their total return. That's really... if. You know, if I'm a customer looking for a robo-advisor, that's what I'm looking for. Well, that's absolutely fantastic, Walt. And it's a fascinating project. And I'm surprised some big hedge fund hasn't snatched you up by now. But if we want to learn more, how do we contact you again? So there's two ways to do it. You can just go to the Google search bar and type tactical robo-advisor. We'll show up as the first name on the list underneath those ads. Or if you want to go directly to our website, it's H-U-Y-G-E-N-S capital.com. That's Walt Vester from Hugens Capital. You're listening to Passage to Profit. We'll be back after this message. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at gearheartlaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We're on to our third and final pitch. I think that we are just having amazing pitches tonight, and this one's going to be great, too. So all the way from Brooklyn, New York, we have Steve Schultz. You have two minutes, Steve. Go. Brooklyn in the house. So I'm Steve Schultz. Thank you for having me. I'm the CEO and founder of Soundings. Soundings solves the royalty problem for indie labels, distributors, and artists. And by doing that, we enable labels and distributors to provide more value to their clients and artists to get paid more reliably. So what's the royalty problem? It's increasingly easy for artists to self-publish and self-promote, but this generates a lot of data coming back from the iTunes and Spotify's and Pandora's of the world, all the regular-sized gorillas too. These are called DSPs, online places where consumers buy music, and there are a lot of them. Then there's the Shopify site, gotta sell those t-shirts, and the tour operator and the Facebook page and a whole host of other revenue or data sources. It's a lot of data, and this is a friction problem. Meanwhile, it seems an open secret in the music industry that labels receive more royalty money from the DSPs than they're able to effectively track. Everyone just accepts that, and everyone seems to know that the artists end up getting shorted. On top of that, labels have historically been unwilling to share the transaction data in any meaningful way with the artists which is a transparency problem. So Soundings takes in the revenue data from all those retail sources and turns all that data into accurately allocated revenues to deal with the friction problem. And we use leading edge data science to gain a detailed understanding of how cash actually flows from consumer to artist and what drives what. That's all about transparency. Soundings takes an entirely different look at revenue analysis by modeling everything around the individual artist, similar to Facebook's social graph. This artist-centric view of music revenue allows the artist and her manager to get a full picture of what's happening and to make better decisions about the business of being an artist. In the digital world, true data transparency is a competitive advantage, and true data transparency means more than just sharing raw data. It means providing real insights that come from the data. With leading-edge visual analytics and curated dashboards, Soundings provides those insights for labels, distributors, or artists. That's great. So, Steve, if I'm a member of a rock band and we're doing a recording, how does Soundings benefit me? If you do that recording, what you then do is turn over the recording to your distributor, and your distributor gets it into the retail channel somehow. And by distributor, you mean Pandora, Spotify, one of those companies? No, or? actually, your distributor has a relationship with Spotify and, 
and iTunes and and Pandora. So and you're what, talking about the actual label, yes? Well, no, the, the label is more responsible for the marketing of the music. The distributor is responsible for getting the music to the retail locations where consumers can buy it. And it's separate in the music industry. It's a little, it's a little weird, but one of those two will have the data reports that come back from iTunes and, Spot- and Spotify and Pandora and all that, and they're just big files full of raw data. We take that raw data, whether it's coming from the label or the distributor, we take that raw data and turn it into something sensible that then to answer your question, Richard, the artist or her manager or whoever is making decisions about where should we tour next? When should we tweet? What should we tweet? How many t-shirts should we bring with us to the festival? All these kinds of questions can then be answered by looking at what actually is happening on the ground. And then we can do things like making predictions and making better decisions using data to inform them. So right now, the artists aren't really getting any data about who's downloading their songs or who's playing them. It's not that they're not getting any data. Of course, there's a lot of stuff going on in the industry to sort of address the, uh, the data problem. But most of what artists can get right now depends a lot on what the label or distributor decides to share. And it also will tend to be like the artist can go to Spotify and see a really nice visual analytics of what happened on Spotify. But it's only what happened on Spotify. And if they want to understand what happened on Spotify and what happened on iTunes and what happened on Pandora and what happened at the Coachella Festival, there's no real place where they can go and see all of that in one place. I see. So then can they use this program to demand what they think their actual proceeds should be from people buying their music? Part of the point is so that the artists themselves or the people who are managing the business of the artist can see what's happening better. And there has been a problem historically in the music industry since the very beginning with the artists not really getting all of the data. And that's because historically in the music industry, it's not the artist who actually owns the music. It's the label who buys the rights to the music and then hires the artist and pays them for it, essentially. And that's what royalties are. So what you're saying is the person that owns intellectual property is the one that makes the money. It's all about intellectual property, (laughs) isn't it? It is. Glad you worked that in there. (laughs) That was a really good segue. (laughs) So, but if they're not getting the data now, what makes us think that Pandora is going to turn it over to your company or the distributor is going to give it to you? Well, it's not that they're, well, the distributor would be my client. And the argument for them being my client is, hey, Mr. Distributor, a lot of change is happening in the industry right now. And you need a new set of products and services to offer these artists who have all kinds of different options to do the things that traditionally you've done for them. So, so I got a question. So what, what do people do right now? So do, do people look at Pandora and they look at all these different vehicles and then they kind of put it all together in their own spreadsheet or, or what have you? Right. And that's a great question. And the answer is it depends. The really big, the major label has less of a problem with this than the smaller indie artists. But don't they have to do the same thing? They have to get all these different data sources from different they, places and then put it all together in a spreadsheet, let's say, and say, this is what we have. That's exactly right. And the answer to your question is there's a wide range of how people are handling that all the way from they're just kind of not handling it and hoping it magically solves itself all the way through pretty sophisticated solutions. We're one of those sophisticated solutions, but we're aiming it at the indie market. I think that most of the sophisticated solutions right now are aimed at much bigger acts. So, Steve, how did you get into this business and how did you get started on this project? Well, I have a long background in data analysis and applying that to business scenarios. And I had a client who I was doing just strategy work for, who's a label and distributor, an indie label and distributor. And they came to me with the question that Andy was basically asking about, which, you know, they came to me and said, we can't do this in Excel anymore. What do we do? So like your previous guest, I actually sat down and wrote some code to do that. And I built a product in a statistical programming language called R. And it takes all of that data in, centralizes it, normalizes it, and turns it into a dashboard. So I I have another question. So who's going to be buying this? Is it going to be the labels? Is it going to be the distributors? Who's going to be buying this software? Well, I think initially, 
the longer term strategy is for this to be uh, what's, what's called a SaaS application, which man, means software as a service. And eventually, I think that our cost structure will come down enough that individual artists and their managers can sign up for it for whatever it is, 10 bucks a month. Right now, though, our primary target is the indie distributor and indie label. Is the software all written now? Is it yes. done? So have you had anybody try it? Yet? Yes. And have they had success? Yes. Did they use it to track their marketing what effort? They, what they're really using it for is to just generate the monthly reports that they send out to their artists saying, here's how much we owe you and here's the check. Oh, that's but, great. But what I saw as the opportunity was, hey, uh, just a report that gives you a top line number and a check attached is woefully insufficient. So I want to make it better. So you were saying, though, that it could tell you, like, how many people came from Coachella, how many people came from here, how many people came from there. Is it doing that? Well, let's let's make the example more about streaming and downloading music. So what we can do is any piece of information that's in the raw data, we can use to segment the data and make pictures of it. It's kind of hard to explain the pictures of the data on a radio show, (laughs) but... But um, we specialize in taking the data and making intelligible pictures out of it. I can see how this will be really popular, especially with the smaller artists. So, Well, as my people say, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> so you are listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710, the voice of New York. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Well, we've come to the end of our presentations this evening, and they were all fantastic. Yeah, this was some really interesting stuff. They were all pretty tech-heavy, but I think now, like, I know how to market, kind of, not really. I know to hire an agency, and I know I need to wipe all my passwords off my phone. I know how to go to somebody who can tell me how to manage my money. And if I were an artist, wow, I'd really be looking out for this last thing. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like it's a good way for the artist to make a little bit more money. So totally awesome. So everyone, remember to go to the Passage to Profit page now at thegearheartlaw.com website. That's G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com and vote for your favorite project. So to summarize, we had Jeannie Asante with idreamofgenie.acnibo.com. And then we had Walt Vester with Huygens Capital, H-U-Y-G-E-N-S-C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. And finally, Steve Schultz with soundings-logic. So soundings and then a dash and logic. So they were all fantastic. If you're just tuning in now and didn't hear them, the podcast will come out and you should listen to the podcast because these were great pitches. And if you are listening, now Google Passage to Profit and make your choice. Remember, you can only vote once and you have until next Sunday at 7 p.m. to vote. This evening's pitch contestants will receive a Passage to Profit t-shirt and the best overall vote getter for the show will receive an Amazon gift card valued at $25. Before we sign off, we really want to thank everyone who participated today. We just love hearing these pitches every week. We feel like we're looking into the future. And actually, that robo app does look into the future. (laughs) So this is really how we move our society forward. It's awesome. And I just also wanted to say thanks again to our guest, Andy Randazzo, who took us over the top in so many ways. Andy, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? This was great. This was a great experience. I loved all the pitches. And I really do love what you guys are doing because it's very similar to what I'm doing. And it's really just a passion for businesses and, and helping business owners get to that next level in their business, helping them along the way. You could see that you guys have a passion for it and that you want to help people see 
them be their very best selves in their business. Thanks so much. And people can find you at hitstate.com. That's right, hitstate.com. And remember, you touch it every hour. And if you're you're on social media, every couple of seconds. And if you're my kids, every second. Every time I click, I'll think of you. Hit state. Every time you click, think hit state. So we would like to thank our media maven, Kenya Gibson, our producer, Noah Fleischman, Rob Barrett's our engineer, and the whole iHeart team. And don't forget to join us next week for another excellent speaker and another round of pitches. And listeners, you can start thinking about what your pitch will be. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is our marketing pitch right now. <laughs> this is Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart on iHeartRadio with Passage to Profit, WOR 710, the voice of New York. Music.